This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I think the way that I want to start is, and the only reason I want to start it this way is because I had dinner with this amazing woman and she told me that her son had listened to my message the last time I spoke. And I spoke about my, uh, my encounter with God, my testimony about how he came and, and it was because I kept getting invited over and over again. And, and it was so cute because she, cause she told me that the son was like, mama, if you don't invite people, we wouldn't have a Rafa. Like, what if... What if, what if that person is depressed and suicidal and they're going to kill themselves, but they're waiting for an invitation from you? And I'm hearing her words and I'm trying to eat, you know, I'm like, be cool. Don't mess up this moment. Like, be cool. Be humble. Be humble. Like, it's okay. Just receive it. And as, as I was listening to it, I'm like, people listen to me? But most importantly, middle schoolers listen to me? Like, can we give a hand to the middle schoolers? Like, they're just amazing. They're great. So the way that I want to start is just real quick with my testimony, because I have no qualifications to be up here. I've read a lot of books. I read the Bible once or twice. I really love it. And I know Jesus. But the only reason I'm up here is because when I was 17 years old, I was pretty much at the end of myself. I, I really wanted to kill myself. I was super depressed. Uh, I, was, I did a lot of drugs. I did a lot of alcohol. And I messed around with a lot of women. And all those stuff I was doing because I was trying to fill this empty void inside of my heart. And I didn't know why I had that void. And now that I know Jesus, I've actually had a lot of healing. Anybody been through healing? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's a good thing, right? And the healing that I found out was just things from my childhood, raising up, not knowing Jesus. And it's okay because he found me. Are you guys with me? What I love is that he didn't find me as the man you know today. He found me when I was at the lowest point of my life. Literally the night that I was going to kill myself, I only knew a God that I thought hated me. That anytime I had a bad thought, he was trying to throw lightning and murder me and th- send me to hell, right? That's the only message I've ever heard. And I came to this church. Everybody give a hand for this church because just, just because like the, the freedom of God is just so real here, you know? And, and I ended up coming right where your middle schoolers were and they were preaching about the love of God, the love of God and how I'm his bride. And I'm like, bro, I'm a man. I, I work out and I eat steak. Like there's no way I'm going to be a bride to anybody. And, and now that I know God, I understand it means that he's my provider. He's the one that loves me. He's the one that takes care of me. He's the one that buys me iPads. Are you guys with me? It's a good news. Okay. All right. It's just me and I heard some middle schooler over there. And uh, so what ended up happening was it was actually the night that I was going to commit suicide. And, and I actually didn't even believe in God at this point. I didn't even believe that he was good. I kept hearing it. And it was worship, like amazing worship. Can we give a hand to the worship team? Because it was so good. And it was just, it was amazing worship like this. And I didn't feel anything at all. I didn't shout. I didn't put my hands up. And I was just thinking about killing myself. And, and I walk up in the middle and I was like, hey, I don't know if you're real or not, but I don't want this life. Do you? And I said a couple words and they were not religious at all. And the minute that I said that, suicide left my body. Anxiety left my body. Depression left my body. The thoughts left. And, and I wish I could tell you that like, I knew exactly what happened and that the heavens opened and I felt his presence. All I knew is the feeling that I would feel when I would be drunk, high, or with another woman. That, that wanting to, to be satisfied was finally fulfilled by a God that I didn't even 100% believe, but I tried. I was vulnerable. Say vulnerable. vulnerable. I had an open heart. Say open heart. And that's the way that I stepped into this relationship with God. And 10 years later, here I am with you guys speaking on stage. So God is good, is he not? 
And he loves you no matter what you're going through. And I, I think that's the biggest message I want to preach to you today is just that he loves you no matter what you did this week. He loves you no matter what you did on the car ride with your spouse or with your family or what's going on in your life. He loves you more than that. Can I get an amen? amen. He's just that good. Say he's just that good. Turn to your neighbor and say he's real good. Okay, so I want to share a story with you. Are you guys, still, are you guys bored? Okay, good. So good job. I love you. So um, the, the, next, the point that I actually want to go into, the middle schoolers have actually heard it on a Wednesday night. Uh, they know the whole story. None of you parents have approached me, so I can trust them now forever. Like, they're really great people. I love them. Good job raising them. Give yourself a hand. Nice. Awesome. Two people. I love that. So what I want to read before I tell you this story is Matthew 7. Say Matthew 7. All right. Are you guys ready? It's a little bit of a tongue twister, and it's a lot of fun. Um, disclaimer, I don't have a lot of time, and I'm Spanish, so I'm going to speak real fast. But I did a lot of enunciating and a lot of verbal stuff, like, I did all that stuff. So hopefully you guys can understand what I'm saying. Are you guys with me? If you can't understand, just, never mind. Yeah, there you go. Ask the Lord. Ask him to help you. All right, you guys ready? I forgot to pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you that you're already here. Thank you for the words that we're about to listen to, God. Thank you for the stories that are real in my life. Let them actually touch people's hearts. And then let them actually have a relationship with you after this, this sermon, this teaching, this just really me sharing my life with God. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, feel free to come and touch everybody right here, right now. Touch their hearts. Yeah, and we love them in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. You guys still with me? All right, here we go. So we're in Matthew 7. I'm reading it out of the New King James Version. It's a tongue twister. I love it. It says, judge, say judge, judge. not that you be not judged, for with that judgment you judge. Oh, I know. There's a comma. You will be judged. I'm going to read it again. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Say back to me. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your eye? Say, what plank? There you go. Or how can you say to your brother, turn to your brother, turn to your brother, let, re- let me remove the speck from your eye. So say, take that speck out your eye. There you go, with love. There you go, good job. Don't touch nobody's eye. Uh, here we go. <laughs> and look, a plank is in your own eye. Ooh, I love this part. Verse 5, hypocrite! My gosh, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly. Say, I see clearly now. To remove, don't start singing, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Isn't that good? I love that. So we just read something about not judging, so I know I'm in a place where I'm safe now because you guys aren't going to judge me. You guys just read it with me, right? Okay, good. I love you guys. So this is my story. I call it the Christmas tree story. The only people that know this story are obviously the middle schoolers and my mom and dad <laughs> when we were eating Panda Express. So don't judge me, all right? It's going to be good. Uh, but actually, before I read it, I want to read John 12. Can you guys turn to John 12 for me? John 12, 24. Are you guys still with me? Okay, here we go. So John 12, 24. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, say a grain, of wheat falls into the ground and dies, say die, it remains alone, say alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not alone, I'm with you. Good job, that's so sweet. I love that. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You guys still with me? 
So just hold on to that scripture because this is how I got the revelation of John 12. <clears throat> and it was actually thanks to uh, Elder Kevin. He, he was teaching on a school of word of worship night, which we have on Wednesdays. And he said one simple word in his whole message, and it was meditate on the scripture. Even if you don't understand it logically, and that's everything Pastor Gowan has been saying, meditate it in your heart. And so for a couple weeks, God brought me to John 12, and I was like, John 12, 24, and, and I was like, God, I don't know what this means, but it feels good. Anybody ever feel like that before? Okay, good. Yeah, Andrea and I, the two of us. And, and I kept reading the scripture, and I couldn't logically make sense because I'm like, I'm not a grain. I'm not a we. I'm Rafa. You know, and I was like, so what do you want me to do? And, and the more I kept reading it over and over and over and over again, in this moment right here of pressure with the story that I'm going to tell you, I finally got the meaning behind it. And for me, this is just say it's Rafa's revelation. Everybody together, it's Rafa's revelation. There you go. So this is just my revelation. Feel free to use it whatever way you want, okay? Get your own. It's going to be good. So what ended up happening was I talked to God about it, and he was like, every grain is actually your thoughts. And I didn't think about that. I was like, my thoughts? He was like, yes, your thoughts. And what you're doing is you feel alone because you're the one that's given all the life to your thoughts. Are you guys still with me? So, so what he wants us to do is with these thoughts, these grains, say grain. He actually wants us to give it to him. So the minute that you do this divine exchange, divine means directly from God. Say directly from God. So the minute that you give God your thoughts, it's no longer you who's given life to this grain. It's actually you putting it to death and giving it to God. And what he does is he grabs it, he puts it in the ground, and you're no longer alone because you invited God into the situation with you. Are you guys with me? Right? This is how you get encounters. You don't find encounters just in worship when you're having a good time. You find encounters in the worst part of your life. When you choose to be like, God, I know this is going real bad right now, but I know this is where you can encounter me. Are you guys with me? Man, you don't understand. Like, I've been so blessed by Pastor Gavin's message because so many things have gone wrong. One is like something flooded in the building, and I was getting ready to go home. I almost slipped, and thank God I didn't because Jesus is with me. And it flooded. I was going to go home early that day, and I stayed here till like 1030 at night, right? And the whole time, I wanted to be so mad. I wanted to be so angry. You guys just read, don't judge me. Don't judge me. So I just wanted to be so mad. And, and, and the whole time I was like, no, I'm going to do what Pastor Gavin preached about finding that encounter with God. And I'm like, this is when you encounter me, God, in the filth, in the yuckiness, with this mop, with this shop vac, when I, when I should be going home, but I'm exhausted. This is when you can encounter me. Are you guys with me? Okay, we're going to keep going because you guys don't believe me. So, uh, except Chris. So what ended up happening in this Christmas tree story is... Uh, I, uh, obviously, the flood took a toll on me, and the next day was my day off. And, um, and I, I came home, and I was being an amazing husband. <laughs> I was being a great husband when I woke up that morning because I was grouchy. And, uh, and so I knew I was in trouble because my wife was like, I'm going to go get the groceries by myself. <laughs> Say alone. alone. I was alone. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, Rafa, how do I fix this, Lord? Help me. Speak to me, Lord. What do I do? And he was like, uh, she's been asking you to paint the walls for how long? And I was like, Lord, don't yell at me. You're supposed to be on my side. And he was like, let's go paint the walls together. And I was like, let's do it. You know, I'm getting ready for the new year. So I put my headphones on, and I'm listening to all the motivational speakers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get right this year painting walls. And, and, and then literally I'm really upset because I do not want to be painting these walls. But I remember the encounter story, and I was like, you can encounter me right here, Lord, as I paint these walls. And, but really my heart had nothing to do with God. I was just so self-centered and upset that she left in the middle of an argument 
and I wanted these walls to fix everything. Are you guys with me? How many of you guys have ever done that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> right? I'm like, this is going to fix it. We don't need to talk about emotions. We don't need to talk about my attitude. Like, I'm going to fix it with a functional thing. As soon as you walk in, you're going to see it. Are you guys with me? We read Matthew 7. Don't judge me. So what ended up happening is, I'm, I'm, and it took a couple hours. You know, I'm going everywhere. I'm, I'm doing a great job. My fingers are cramping. And she comes home. She didn't call me. She didn't text me. She just walked in. That's how I knew I was in trouble. Normally she calls me, and she's like, baby, I'm outside. Boo, I'm outside. Honey, I'm outside. I ain't got no boo, no sugar, no honey. She said the groceries are in the car. And I said, don't you know what I've been doing while you were out there lollygagging at Target? Don't you know what I was doing? I was painting these walls. I said it inside my head. I didn't say it out loud. I know better. So what ended up happening was... I, she was like, the groceries are in the car. And I was like, yes, ma'am. You know, and I went out there. Um, I was being a victim. So I was like, it's cold out there. So I kept my shorts on. So she knew I was suffering. So I, so I went out there in the cold and I shivered. I was like this. And, uh, and I'm a real man. So I was only going to do one trip. So I have all the groceries. So what I, this is why Nate and I work out. We're just like one trip. I'm going to make it up there. So my fingers are bleeding because of the frostbite. <laughs> And the thousand pound bags that she was able to load by herself. And, and, uh, and I walk in and I'm so mad because she didn't even say anything about the walls. Are you guys with me? Like that, you should be up on my side. Why are you guys partnering with God? I love you. So, 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 so I got my groceries and, and we're walking up and, and I put them down. And she has the audacity to be like, let's go get a Christmas tree. And I was like, what about my walls? Say something about my walls. In my head, I didn't say it out loud. She should know how to read my mind at this point, right? All the Danny Silk books are out the window. Keep Your Love On was out the window. Love Languages was out the windows. The wall was my new love language, and you're going to comment about it. And, uh, but I knew better, so I was like, yeah, baby, let's go get the tree you want. And she was like, good, there's a little Meadows farm down the, down the street. Let's go do it. And I'm like, that's cool. I like supporting small businesses, and the trees are cute. <clears throat> so I get in the car with my attitude and, and my shorts, because uh, I wanted to know I was suffering, and, and we're driving, and, and one thing just started escalating to the next, and, and but I knew that we were going to have popcorn there, so I was like, if I just be quiet, I can eat my popcorn, we're going to be okay. Sometimes it's a little easier to ignore your emotions or your feelings or your people, use a substitute instead. You guys with me? So, so what ended up happening was we're we're driving, and we get there, and, and I'm like, okay, we're, we're on a mission. I'm focused. We can do something. And I was like, you buy whatever you want, baby. You buy whatever you want so you can feel bad that you didn't say anything about my walls. And, and uh, she gets uh, garnish or grain. Gar- is garnish a cooking thing? Garland? Okay, she got garlic and, um, <laughs> everywhere. And uh, I was like, why is garlic $50? Like, this makes no sense. But I got free popcorn, so we were good. So I'm eating my popcorn. She finds the tree of her dreams. And, and I met the sword guy. I'll tell you about that later. I don't have enough time. And, and he put the, the thing on top. He brought out his sword, almost cut me in half and tied the strings off. And, and I'm like, we're good. I did the walls. I had some popcorn. I, and I did exactly what she told me to do. And everything just started to escalate even more. But this time, I suppressed it so much that I exploded Anybody ever have that before? Is it just me? Oh, good job not raising your hands today. 
and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, we're driving and I explode. And this is the part that gets me. And, and I feel like Paul in Romans 8 or Romans 9, where he talks about the things that I do not want to do, I do. And the things that I do want to do, I cannot do. And, and I started thinking, I felt like Paul. And I was like, my will is I don't want to yell to my wife. I want to be able to have a conversation with her. I want her to, to say, good job, good and faithful servant with the walls. And it was because I was trying to, and, and you know what? This is the funny part. Back to John 12. Not once did I even have a conversation with God about this. Are you guys with me? I think somewhere in the Bible it says, seek the kingdom. <laughs> it's actually in Matthew 6, 25, towards the end. It says, seek the kingdom of God. And my biggest thing is, how do you seek? And, and I think the biggest way that you seek is you have conversations with God with every thought that you have. I was not seeking, the, I was not seeking God. I was not seeking the kingdom. I was seeking my own desires. Are you guys with me? You guys with me? And I love it because in Matthew 6, the way he ends is, is with seek the kingdom. But the way he starts is do not worry. But in the King James, it says do not take thought. So I stopped pretending that I know words. I looked up the word thought. And in the Hebrew, it actually says seek oneself desire. That's what it means when you worry. You know why you're worrying? You're seeking your own desire. Say ouch. ouch. Babe, we're going to be okay. Say we're going to be okay. If Rafa can be okay, y'all going to be okay. So... So, so that's literally what worry meant. If you ever feel worry, it's because you're doing it alone. Are you guys with me? And that's the whole point of Jesus dying is so you can never be alone from now until eternity. But eternity to me like, doesn't make sense. I'm like, that's a long time. I can't calculate that. But I can calculate these next 10 minutes, <laughs> my car ride with my wife, the tree up there, talking to the swords guy, eating my popcorn. All these little moments where I'm able to have a conversation with God, where I'm able to give him these grains of seeds, and he's able to do something beautiful so I'm not alone. Are you guys with me? Does this make sense? Sometimes the way God speaks to me is so simple, and I'm just like, I don't even know if this makes sense, but we're going to do it because I have an open heart. So we're driving, and everything's just bad. She's yelling, I'm yelling, but I'm a safe driver, so I kept looking straight. And we get home, and she goes upstairs. And leaves me with this tree that the sword guy put together. And I'm like, how do I tie this thing? How do I bring it up? My walls! What about my walls? She still hasn't said anything about my walls. The audacity. And so I had, to, I had to throw away my popcorn. I was just not happy. And, and I go and I get my sword. And I, not sword, a little combat knife I got from the military. And I cut my tree. I put it on my shoulder. And I'm like, nobody's going to scratch these walls. And I'm going up very, very slowly. And... And at this point, she bought this new little contraption thingy that you twist in. You guys know what I'm talking about? If you ever put a Christmas tree, what's it called? Don't yell at me. It's a stand. Okay, good. So, so she bought this high-tech stand. I'm just playing. It literally just screws on. It's like from the Dollar Tree. And, uh, and we go, and I put it in, and I'm like, I'm a real man. She's going to come down. She's going to see that the walls are done. She's going to see that the groceries are put away. She's also going to see that I... Fix the tree myself because I know how to fluff these trees and I know how to put lights on these trees. I know how to ornament these trees. And, um, and, and I go and I'm doing it. And guess what happens? I missed one and it fell over. And guess what it hit? Guess what it hit? Everybody say it together. It hit my? God, does nobody have compassion for me? Gosh, the thing I worked so hard for. Don't you get upset when you work something so hard by yourself, and it falls apart. I don't know about you, but I sometimes blame God. I'm like, Lord, you gave me. No, I love my wife. You gave me, uh, you gave me these hands. It's your fault. 
You know, I just start finding random things to blame, and, and I was angry. How many of you guys have been angry before? Don't raise your hand. We're all at church. You guys are all peaceful. None of you guys ever get angry, or else we'll call it righteous anger. Okay, we're getting somewhere too touchy. So, so I'm going up, and I already know John 12 because I've been meditating on it. And I was like, I know what to do with every step. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been in my house, we have a lot of steps. And, and I'm going up this, and I'm out of breath, even though I run four miles every day. I'm out of breath. And I, that makes me more angry, and, and I'm just like, I know the right answer is to give God every thought that I have right now, every emotion that I have. I know that's the right answer, but gosh, I'm angry. I want results. I want action. And so I'm going up, and I go, and I knock very gently on the door. <laughs> she thought I was the police. I was like, open up. <laughs> open up. I got, I got a Christmas tree that's down right now. Did you see my walls? And so I, I gently knock on the door, and I was like, sweet Bebe Jesus, you know, my beloved daughter in whom you're well pleased from the Lord, um, please come downstairs and help me. I'm very sad that I painted these walls in your scratch. <laughs> I said, women, listen here. If you don't come downstairs in the next five minutes, I'm throwing this tree off the balcony. Hey, y'all read Matthew, said, so don't judge me. Say, I'm not judging you. Good job. So I gave her 30 seconds. She was too slow. And I ran downstairs, grabbed the tree, and I threw it over the balcony. I did it. I did it. And, but this is, the, this is the bad part. <laughs> the Lord speaks to you all the time. He's never quiet. In Psalms, it says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. And I was like, God, that's so irrelevant. He's like, bud, he was like, it's not about your hair. It's about the detail that I go because I love you. So if I care that much about your hair, which looks, uh, apparently it looks amazing from what you guys say. If, if, if I love your hair that much, how much more do I love every step that you take, every thought that you have, every breath that you take, every self-sacrifice that you make, all your yeses? Are you guys with me? So what ended up happening was I, I threw the tree, and as soon as I threw the tree, I was like, this is wrong. I got to go. I, f- I finally heard the Lord. I was like, this is wrong. I got to go. I got to get out of here. And I turn around, and I'm getting ready to go downstairs, but guess who was looking the whole time? Sweet baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus. It was who? My wife. Everybody say it was your wife. Bit like in a judging way. Your wife. Good job. You guys didn't do it. I'm so proud of you. All right. Set my wife. She did it. Um, so I see her and I knew I was in trouble. And I was like, I'm going on the run. And I just start going as fast as I can. And, and next thing you know, certain things go flying. And I, I run upstairs and I grab my gear and I leave. Because how many of you guys know it's easier to run away from your problems rather than approaching them directly? Are you guys with me? It was easier for me to leave. But the problem is when you leave and don't address your issues, because you feel that you have the right to have this issue. You, first of all, you don't fix the issue. Second of all, you're alone. That is the power behind that grain of wheat. The whole time God wanted me to be with him. So I was not being alone when I had a conversation with my wife, who I didn't even want to leave. Are you guys with me? So now I'm driving alone. And I had to go to my sanctuary, the only place we know that it's holy no matter what. It was No, not the gym. The gym is a good idea. I should have gone to the gym. I came to the church instead. And uh, I thought you guys were clapped for that. Okay. So I came to the church, and, and I was like, I know what to do. I'm going to do everything that I know religiously. I mean, not religiously. Uh, I know how to worship God. Um, so I went, I went down to the union because they have a studio, and I was like, I'm going to play the piano. I'm going to worship the Lord, 
even though I don't feel worthy, because how many of you guys ever feel bad that you did something and you feel like God doesn't want to talk to you anymore? Don't raise your hand. But, but I'm there and I'm trying to play the keys and the keys don't sound right and I'm frustrated. So I'm gently tapping the keys as hard as I can. And, and I go and I'm like, God, why have you left me? Like, where is your presence? And, and I was like, I know you didn't want to talk to me because of the way I treated your daughter. And that was the first time in that whole day that I had an actual open heart conversation with God. Are you guys with me? Say open heart. I was vulnerable for the first time with God all day. I was no longer, and what I was doing really was seeking my own self-desire. And it was the first time that it wasn't about me and the walls and my function. It was about me and God. And now I knew where I was wasn't good because I didn't feel close to him. But he said that he never leaves you, nor? Say it louder. He never leaves you, nor? And I knew he was meeting me there with my anger, with the mess that I made, with the tree still being outside, with the walls being messed up. I knew he wanted to have a conversation with me. And, I, and can I be real with you guys? I started crying and I was like, God, why would you love me after I treated your daughter this way? And he was like, because you're perfect. And I was like, I don't believe you. And he's like, but if you can just believe in me the way that I believe in you, we're going to get through this. Right, But what ends up happening is we run, run away because we feel we're not worthy to be in the presence of God. And we're not, but Jesus is. And if Jesus lives inside of you, say inside of me, then you have full access to the presence of God, to the throne, to be there. You know what righteousness means? To have no guilt, shame, or condemnation in the presence of God. No matter what you did. And I'm crying because I'm like, how can you be this good? And he was like, that's just how good I am. And then I did the most logical thing to do after. I didn't worship. I took a nap. Because <laughs> there were awesome couches down there. So I took a four-hour nap. <laughs> Bless my wife's heart. She was like, where'd he go? He's the, the gym. He's only there 20 minutes. And, um, and I fell asleep for four hours. And, and I woke up. And, and um, how many of you guys have messed up and you're afraid to go back to the thing you messed up? Don't raise your hand. Because I was very afraid to go back. I was so afraid to go back. Like, I was, I was able to have a talk with God, but there was no healing done in my heart. And because there was no healing done in my heart, I still was no longer alone, but I, there was no harvest. Say harvest. The harvest comes after. We would call that healing. I knew there was an area of healing that had to happen before I can go and have a conversation with my wife. And I started asking God. I was like, God, how do we do this? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, let's take it step by step. Say step by step. And that's why I love, he said, a grain one grain at a time, not a whole bunch. He could do that, but he was telling me one grain at a time. And I was like, all right, Lord, what's the first step? He was like, go back home. And I was like, but I'm scared. (laughs) And as soon as I said that, I was like, you know what, God, your will be done as on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, yeah, right. That's it. Right. And I was like, Lord, here you go. Like, take it. And then he was like, okay. And as soon as I said that, I got a text from my wife and my heart was beating real fast. And if you get that little anxiety attack when somebody is trying to text you, no, okay. So, so I go, but I loved it because their message was, I miss you. Come home if you feel safe. And I was like, how dare you be kind to me right now? I'm working through something. You're supposed to yell at me. I deserve punishment. <laughs> but Jesus already died for that punishment, that self-condemnation. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. And if you're a son of God, then you're actually led by the spirit of God. And so being led by the Spirit of God, we think that the minute 
that I have a conversation with God, all my problems are fixed, that the paintbrush got up by itself magically and painted my walls and the trees back up and my wife's heart is good. But really, that step is you and God working together to go and clean up your mess. Say your mess. And it's hard to do it. But I realized that the reason it was hard because my heart, I wanted to protect myself the whole time. Protect myself by myself. I was like, God, you don't need to protect me. I'm my protector. Anybody been there before? I love you. Thank you for being real. So what ended up happening was I drive back home alone. As I'm going, I was like, Lord, what do I do? And he's like, you should eat. And I was like, okay, show me the holy place. And it was five guys. <laughs> and, uh, and I go in there and I was like, Lord, I need, I need a lot of strength for this war, Lord. Like, I need to go back and fight. Like, like let me get three patties, extra bacon, $40 later. I was like, five guys, you're ripping me off, bro, but I need this for the war. So how many of you guys know we can um, buy stuff or self-indulge rather than cleaning up our ma- Okay, let's not get there yet. Even though it's New Year's. Okay. Hey, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. I love you guys. Okay. So what ended up happening was I ate this delicious burger. So good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then I was full, so I was ready. And then we get home, and I'm going upstairs, and I'm ready. I'm like full of confidence. Everybody ever leave a worship service, and you're like, I'm going to conquer the world. And then you get to the situation, you're like, I'm a little scared. And you take every step, and you're like, Lord, where's your presence? I need you. What happened? You left me. No, your awareness shifted. My awareness was back on my walls about, about the situation that I made rather than God. Seek the kingdom is keeping your eyes on God. Are you guys with me? So what ended up happening was I go upstairs, and I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I have a little bit more confidence. And I look, and the tree is up, and it's full of lights, and it's decorated. That means she picked up the tree herself. Anybody ever feel shame before? Don't raise your hand. And, and I was like, okay. I was like, now I can't fix this. I know what to do. I love it. In Matthew 6, it actually talks about prayer. And it says, but when you pray, I'm just going to read it to you because I'm out of time. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room. Say room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Say secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And I went to my secret place, which, say secret place. Everybody here needs a secret place, okay? It doesn't have to be the, the closet. For me, it's the shower. And I went up there, and I needed a shower. And, uh, and I go up there, and I'm having conversations with God. And this is the first time, again, that I'm just being vulnerable with God and just having a real conversation with him. It's so simple because my thought process is, God, you know everything from beginning to end. Why do I need to have a conversation with you? And he's like, because I'm not a robot. Because <laughs> I want a relationship with you. Because I can read your mind, but I don't want to read your mind. That's why you're fighting with your wife in the first place, bud. And I was like, all right, God, give me the, you know, that's a good harvest right there. That's some good grain. And, and, and I'm done taking a shower, and I'm like, okay, God, like, I think I'm ready. And, and I go downstairs ready to, to make amends. And as soon as I go down, I get a call saying that the, the church's alarm is going off. And so I actually had to go fix it. <laughs> and I'm like, look, like, I got to go. And she was like, can I come with you? It's, it's hard. It's hard. After you've done the mess that you made to not do it alone. And I think that happens a lot when we come to church. We're just like, I'm alone. I'm going to handle it alone. I'm not going to praise because I'm not worthy to praise God because I'm doing it alone. Are you guys with me? So what ended up happening is I had to have courage. Say courage. And it requires one simple word, and it's called yes. Everybody say yes. yes. 
the reason that I'm up here preaching to you is because I said yes every single time God wanted me to do something, no matter how silly it was. Are you guys with me? So I said yes to her. We got in the car, and I'm no longer alone. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that good? I'm doing the same trip again. How many of you guys know there's a God that restores? There's a God that heals. There's a God that rewrites the thing that you went through, and he makes it brand new. How many of you guys are with me? You guys are not with me. Who's with me? Right? And I'm driving, and I was alone, but now I'm no longer alone because I wasn't alone with God first. Does that make sense? I invited God into the situation. I made a mistake, and I did something alone. Now I'm with God, and I'm with my wife. Right? And I wish I learned my lesson and wouldn't stay quiet, but I had to let her know about the walls. And she was like, you think I care about these walls? And I just, and God was like, God, I'm seeking you, Lord, I'm seeking you. And he's like, just stay quiet. How about you hear her for once? Right? How many of you guys talk so much you don't let anybody else talk? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Hey, no judging. I'm not judging you. I read it. So what ended up happening was I, I, I ended up going to church and turn off the alarms and <clears throat> we were good to go. It was just a false alarm. How many of you know sometimes there's false alarms in our life? But maybe God uses it for our good. Romans 8.28 or 8.24, everything works together for the good of those that love God and are called according to their purpose. So everything works for good when you're with him. When you're alone, everything's going to destroy you. Just being real with you, I've been there. Okay? You guys with me? So what ended up happening is it was a false alarm. Thank you, Jesus. But I wanted to worry. I wanted to worry. And if you read Matthew 6, it says who can actually add a day to their life by worrying, by having self-desire, making it all about I. So what ended up happening was I got back in the car and I got to do again another drive, not alone. Say not alone. But I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't tell her I ate five guys. <laughs> I was driving. I was like, don't look that way. <laughs> I just kept going. I was like, because we passed five guys. And on our way there, she was like, don't you have anything to say? And I was like, I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. But all the encounters that I had with God in my moment of destruction, say destruction, when it wasn't fun, all those encounters that I had with him led up to this moment right here. Because when you're about God, he's about you. And he's, she's like, don't you have something to say? And I was like, well, I know anger doesn't work. And I asked the question, God, why am I angry? Why do I use anger? And he was like, well, growing up, anger, or actually in society, anger is a good thing. If you work for corporate and somebody's angry, they're going to have their way. Right? You meet somebody at, at, at Dick's Sporting Goods and they want to do a return and they, they, they're worried and they have self-desire. So they're actually going to yell at the employee. But you guys don't do that. You guys don't yell at people because you want your way. Are you guys still with me? Sorry, if I'm any home, you know, you're good. You're good. Tap your neighbor say we're good. Thank you, God. Yeah, good job, Ms. Don. I love you. So what ended up happening was we're, we're driving and. And I, and I asked God why, why, and he was like, because you feel that anger has an actual result. And you feel like being op- open-hearted and being vulnerable has no results. You feel like tears are a waste of time. And I was like, you're right. And I was like, the Christmas tree, I saw it go, and th- you know, I saw the whole thing happen. And it was quick results with bad <laughs> side effects. Am I right? And I was like, what would have happened if I was just vulnerable with her? What would have happened if I just had an open heart with her from the beginning? Are you guys with me? 
It's hard. I know we don't want to talk about it, but in that moment, God gave me a, a vision of a turtle. Say turtle. And the turtle's really cool, right? Because they walk really slow. They have a long neck. And, but they have, a, they have a shell. And the shell protects them. Say protect. But they don't move when they're inside of their shell. Are you guys with me? And they also don't move when they're trying to protect themselves. But when they know they're protected at all times, what do they do? They come out and they move. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know who came up with the turtles and the hair because turtles are fast. I had a couple when I was little. And they move. They go real quick. And God was saying, you're trying to be like a turtle, trying to protect yourself for no reason, and you're not moving forward. Are you guys with me? And he was like, the way you move forward is you come out of your shell and you're vulnerable. And I shared all my insecurities with her. Every single one. Some I didn't even know I had. And I'm crying. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I loved it. I hated it. I, that light, oh my, I've never seen that light be red so long in my life. I was like, God. And it, but, but the thing is that that was my healing moment with God, being real with him. Being real with him because I was no longer alone and being real with her because I was no longer alone. Can we all be real? Yeah. Two of us, Pastor Babette and I. What about everybody else? Can you be real? Yeah. So we can move forward. Yeah. Are you guys with me? So I come in my house and I'm crying in the same place that I left bad. Now I came with, with her hugging me and holding me. And I'm crying and she's crying and this is so much better. And you know what the best part? I didn't even care about the walls anymore. Are you guys with me? I cared less about the function that I was doing, the thing that I was trying to get results for, because the healing that I had with God was so much better. And ever since that day, I'm just like, God, like, there's power in an open heart. And he's like, if you read Judges 7, when they talk about Gideon, he had 33,000 men with him, ready to go to war. And God was like, get rid of 10,000 if they're afraid. And he said, hey, if y'all afraid, get out of here. And he was left with 10,000. And then he said, that's too many. You're still trying to protect yourself. He literally said, if you guys win this way, you're going to say, y'all did it on your own efforts, not God. Are you guys with me? And so what ended up happening was that they, 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 he kept bringing numbers down. And he was like, look, bring the 10,000 to the lakes. And the ones that lap like a dog, like drink like a dog, those are the men you're going to set apart. Everybody else you're going to send home. What I didn't know, the cool thing about my Bible is at the bottom it gives me these theologians because I'm not smart like that. These theologians, and they actually talked about in ancient times, if you were referred to as a dog, that's like the lowest of the low. That's like somebody cursing you or, or, or flicking you off or yelling at you. And so the people that didn't obey the thing that God wanted them to do actually left and went home and weren't a part of the victory. But the ones that were foolish enough to listen to God, simplicity. To look like fools for God. They're the ones that stayed and made history. They're the ones that made the Bible with Gideon. Are you guys with me? You know, and sometimes I feel like us laughing like a dog could be like saying hi to somebody, making eye contact with somebody. If you feel safe, giving them a hug, praying for somebody, raising your hands for the first time in your life. Even though you feel like a fool because everybody else is on their knees drinking how they're supposed to and you look like a dog. Are you guys with me? But there's what the power is. It only works if you're vulnerable and have an open heart. Are you with me? Gosh, okay. <laughs> and you know what? My marriage has been the best ever since that moment. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So the reason I'm telling you this is because my marriage with my wife has been the best <laughs> because I've been vulnerable with her every moment. And she finally says something about the walls. You know why? Because I was vulnerable enough to be like, did I do a good job with the walls, babe? Rather than her trying to read my mind. Are you guys with me? 
Are we being vulnerable with God? Do we have an open heart with God? Can I, can I have five more minutes? Thanks, Pastor. Pastor PG said yes. Thank you, God. I love you guys. So what ended up happening was I started coming to this place of like, God, like, what is the whole point of this? Is it for me? Because I feel like we're going back to self-desire. I'm getting healing just for me so I can feel good, so I can feel comfortable. And he was like, no, you're getting this healing and not being alone so you can be the best version of yourself. So you can experience life the way you're supposed to, even though everything around you is going downhill. Are you guys with me? And the thing that, that made sense to me was actually Matthew 5 with the B attitude. Say B attitude. And I'm going to read it to you. Say, say where you are. Just Matthew 5, 3. And it says blessed. Say blessed. I looked up the word blessed and it means large. Say large. Lengthy. Say lengthy. Fortunate. And this is my favorite one. Happy. Everybody say happy. Happy birthday. So it says blessed or happy are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Happy are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Say, I'm going to see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Come on, that's so good. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. This is my favorite one. Happy, and I wrote, I'm crying on my Bible. Happy are you when they reveal and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this made sense not being alone. What I love uh, uh, about what happened last year at the beginning, we were like, everything's just going to go away because it's a new year because midnight strike. Well, it's not, we're not in Cinderella. <laughs> you know, everything was still there, but we retreated. We went back and we were little turtles in our shells because we thought there was an expectation that we put on God and he didn't come through. But this year, it's about no matter what you're going through, whether it's good or bad, it's an opportunity to encounter God and overcome the circumstance. Not alone. Are you guys with me? Like, this is good news. Now I go outside in the cold and I'm like, God, I'm so happy I can feel you. And I can feel the coldness that I, that I can use my legs, that I can use my arms. When I go on runs now, I crush my time because pain means that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Are you guys with me? So, and, and, and then, this is my favorite part. When I was with my dad who's diagnosed with this lung problem, he needs a double lung transplant, but I'm praying that he does it. I was able to go and spend time with him face to face and not be worried. He had my full heart, my full attention. Where in the past, I was so worried that all I gave him was worry. Are you guys with me? And, and, so, and so what ends up happening is we get to do things that are outside our comfort zone. For me, it's cooking. <laughs> I, I was so scared to cook because growing up, you don't waste food. You get a beating if you waste food. You eat all your food, burnt or not burnt. And so I was afraid that I was going to waste food, and I didn't want to buy Papa John's pizza because we still need 10 points to get a free pizza. And, uh, and, and, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to give you all these fears and grains, Lord. I'm giving them to you. Because my dad told me that it's a creative outlet. And I was like, that's so much better than burnt food. Let's do it. And so I had to go out there and I had to take a risk. And the day that, that, that I was going to do it, Jackie brought, my wife brought pork tenderloin. 
And I was like, let's do this, Lord. Let's get it. Let's do, let's do a hard one. And I made it. It was, I was doing good. We had classical music, dun, 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 you know, and I'm like chefing up, you know, and I was like, tell your friends I'm cooking, baby. Tell them all. Tell them. You got a husband that cooks and paints walls. And, uh, and the directions were like for 30 minutes, cap it and put it in the oven. And so I did that. And, and then, you know, 30 minutes went by and I feel so cool. You know, I'm like, God, you're so good. You love me. You know, everything's going great. I take it out, you know, get the lid off with my mittens, put it on there. And my wife is like, it's perfect. She puts a little thermometer so we don't die. She cuts it and it's good. And I'm so excited. I go and I grab the lid that was in the oven for 30 minutes and burn my hand. But I'm a manly man. I just made pork tenderloin. I ain't going to cry. But I went, Ugh. <laughs> And so I'm like this. And I'm like, the first thought was, Lord, why'd you do this to me? You knew I was going to burn myself. Why put me through all of that just to burn myself? How many of you guys had that thought? Don't raise your hand. We started to blame God because he told us to do something. It didn't go the way we thought. And then we were like, I'm never cooking again. I'm never coming to church again. They didn't sing my song today. I thought we would laugh. Hey, home for you. I love you. Bless you in Jesus' name. You know, but I was like, I'm never going to cook again. And God was like, whoa, you want to give me that grain? I'm like, yes, here's my grain. I'm going to stop giving life to this thought. And he was like, good, put it under running water. Oh, you're a genius. I Googled it. He was right. Put it under running water. 15 minutes, cold. And then, he, but, but the thing is that once you start having conversations with God, he tells you the next step, the next encounter, the next movement, the next harvest. You guys with me? Seek the kingdom. And I go and, and he's like, tell your wife to pray for you. And I go and she prays for me because I had to be vulnerable. I had to tell her it hurts <laughs> rather than trying to act tough and being like, no, it doesn't hurt. Ugh, I'm good. I can't play Xbox tonight, though, because I can't use my fingers. And she comes and, and I was like, baby, you need to pray for me. And she prays for me. And, and I don't know if it worked or not, but I didn't blister and I can still see my fingerprints. So the government can still find me. <laughs> so we're good. But how many of you guys are with me? The point is this. God tells you to do something. Don't be discouraged just because you burned yourself a little bit. Talk to him. Get some prayer. Get some healing. And then the next day, make chicken and rice. Because that's what I did. I made some chicken and rice. But this is the point. Last story for for This is it. The point isn't for yourself. The point is to go. And we said the vision this morning. It was to have Northern Virginia saved. You know how you have it saved? Not by sitting in here. The way that you save is by going to stores and loving people. Showing them that God is good. In Matthew, it actually says, oh, it's open to it. Thank you, Lord. I love you. In Matthew 5, it actually says, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I actually got to read this part right here. You are the salt of the earth. Say, I'm salty. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. That's what happens when you have a close heart and you're not vulnerable. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Say, I'm not hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. When you have a close heart and you're not vulnerable, you put a basket on yourself. And nobody knows who you are. You make no changes in life. And your wife is still mad at you. <laughs> but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Say, I am here to give light to the whole house. But not by myself, but with God. Say, with God. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. For Christmas, uh, my father-in-law thought it was funny to give me like a stack of ones. I don't know why he did it, but I was really mad because I went to the to Navy Federal and I'm, I'm cashing it in. And the lady had to do it five times. I'm doing a line. I feel like an idiot. And uh, 
But, but the money deposited, I was able to buy some shoes with it. And they were running shoes. Everybody's like, get these shoes. They're the best. I was like, God. He was like, green light, get them. I got them. I waited five days. I didn't go on any runs because of that. I get them. I go on my first run a mile in. I'm so far away from my house. My pinkies felt like they were going to break because <laughs> of the way the shoe was landing. And, and my shins hurt. And I was like, God, why would you make me buy these shoes? <laughs> I'm too far from home. And, and then I'm like trying to tough it out because I'm a manly man. I make pork tenderloin. And, um, and God's like, you should walk. And I was like, no, I got something to prove. How many of you guys know sometimes you need to walk because you're in pain? Rather than blaming God because your pinky toes hurt and your shins hurt. And in that moment that I was walking with God, he was able to have a conversation with me because it wasn't about my self-desire. I stopped worrying about what am I going to do with these shoes, what's my run, recovery time. None of those thoughts came. I was like, God, what do you want to do? He's like, go home. Once you make it there, take your time. You're going to be able to do an exchange, and you're going to go where you need to go. I get home, and, and, and my victim self wanted to be like, I'm mad. I'm going to lay here on the floor and sweat. But I had a great talk with God, and he was like, check online, and it has a 90-day return policy. How many of you guys know you have a return on your past life? That you actually get a chance to return the life that you hated with God, though. Are you guys with me? So what ended up happening is I'm getting ready to return it, and it says, do you want another pair of shoes? And I was like, I don't know if I trust y'all. Because sometimes when we get hurt, it's hard for us to trust God. But we got to have an open heart and be vulnerable enough to listen to him. Put our trust in him. Are you guys with me? So what ended up happening was the shoes that were going to work for me were there. And I was like, man, I picked the wrong shoe. (laughs) And so I click it, and I'm, I'm like, I wait another five days, and then they're like, you can go to Dick's Sporting Goods right now. And I was a bit as New Year's, and they're like, it's okay, like it closes in three hours. And I go upstairs, and I'm like, bad, but like I'm going to Dick's Sporting Goods, my pinky toe is almost broke. She was like, no, go tomorrow. And I was like, get behind me, Satan, I'm going right now. And um, I'm just playing. I didn't do that. I learned my lesson from that first. I was like, bad, bad, mm, I love you. And then I walked out, and I'm going to Dick's Sporting Goods with pain. And as I'm there, I went straight to the back, and I'm like, this is it. And I was like, Holy Spirit, I can't find the shoes. And he was like. You're not asking anybody for help. How many of you guys know we need help? When you're in the church, you need help. You're not here just to fit a chair. You're here to love somebody, to help them out with a vulnerable heart. (laughs) And so I go, and I had to look like a fool because I went to him, and I was like, bro, I just finished two miles. I'm sweating right now. I probably stink. My pinky toe is almost broke. Can you help me? And he was like, we don't have that color, but try these shoes. And I get these shoes. I put them on, and I was like, what shoes do you like? And he's like, I like those. And I put them on, and I'm running back and forth in the store. And he's like, why are you so happy? I was, I was letting my light shine in the midst of pain. I was living the Beatitudes. Say Beatitude. So what ended up happening was I, I go and he said, why are you so happy? And I'm like, let me tell you my testimony. And I told him my testimony the way I told you guys. And he was like, my brother's going through the same thing. What do I do? And I'm like, we're going to pray and you're going to love him. And he's like, I want to read the Bible. I'm only on page two. And I was like, you're reading it wrong. Read the gospels first. And he said, what is the gospel? And I got to tell him the gospel. In the midst of pain. Are you with me? Okay. And so what happened was he was so sweet. And I was like, he was so angry that he was working on New Year's. He told me that at the beginning. And at the end, he was like, it was God's idea that I worked on New Year's. He said that, not me. And I was like, whoa, God, this works. The Bible works. And I got a new pair of shoes. And they were $50 or $30 less. And it fits so much better. He's good, man. So I go out and I'm leaving and then I get to love everybody on my way there. That's called being a light. Not because of me, not so I can look good, but because I'm able to change somebody's life now. And guess where he lives? In Northern Virginia. Okay. Are you guys good? That's my story. I love you guys so much. Everybody stand up.
I love you guys. So sorry that I went over. Um, I love you guys. Please enjoy your lunch. I'm going to pray for you. So if you guys can put uh, your hands on your heart. It's up to you. You want to play? Are you vulnerable enough? Open heart enough? Uh, he said yes. Thank you, God. So everybody just close your eyes. And this is a moment right here where you just, and it's scary. But this is a moment where you choose to be vulnerable, to have your heart open, to receive from God, so you can never be alone again. Okay? It's so this year, when bad things happen, you don't look towards worry like you used to. You don't retreat. You move forward. Not alone. You do it with God. Does that make sense? Say, it's no longer about I. I want to hear everybody. It's no longer about I. But it's about he. We'll say it again. It's about he who lives in me. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now. Yeah, that open hearts and vulnerability is how we have conversations with you that then lead to, to revival, that lead to salvation, that leads to loving people, that leads to, yes, like you get blessed in the process. Pastor Barry used to say, like, if water comes out the hose, the hose is wet. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to give God all the grain we know we shouldn't have. And we're going to let him kill that grain. Let him produce a beautiful harvest in you. Now, I'm not promising you it's going to happen in the next five minutes, but it's going to start happening. And it's called faith. If you don't give up, you keep trusting him and moving with him. And it's hard. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's hard. But I'll tell you what, it's worth it. You get to enjoy life for the first time again. So stay right here and and as you guys stay there, I, I, I want to welcome staff and the elders to come up. And, and if you need a touch from God, if you're having a hard time letting go of your grain, letting go of these thoughts, if you need to be born again, meet this God that loves you right here, right now. They're going to pray for you. They're going to lay hands on you. And your life will be changed forever. I know this. <laughs> 